in this very room There's quite enough love For all the world And in this very room There's quite enough joy For all the world And there's quite enough love And quite enough power To walk through our every fear For spirit One spirit Is in this very room In this very room In this very room I invite you with your eyes closed Or not It's nice to close our eyes for a moment and it helps quiet our minds. And what I would invite you to do in this moment as well is sense your energy in your heart. Feel in your heart on opening your heart. And breathing. And when we move our awareness onto one of the parts of our body that grounds us, there's an anchor there. So anchored together in this moment, what I invite you to agree to in this moment is allowing my words to be your words. And if they don't fit for you, let them step back from them and let them pass by. Stand in your divinity as we stand together in our our divine nature, our true nature, the seed of self. Preparing ourselves for an invocation. And I'm so grateful to be with you this day to share this and to be guided in this and supported in this. Answering the, the highest call of what is alive within this community this day. But I recognize on behalf of each person here and myself, there is one activity, one life. That life is this energetic principle of the infinite. It is unconditional love. It is creativity. It is possibility. It is opportunity. It is always seeking expression. And so you and I have a choice in each moment to open up to a greater receptivity of that expression and Transforming that within our being, developing it, deepening in it, and sharing that gift with the world, whatever it may be, uniquely and beautifully ours. I give thanks this day for beautiful music. I give thanks this day for community. I give thanks this day for all the beautiful and amazing teachers whose words and, and ideas that we share and, and we, we springboard off of in the evolution and the transformation of our own consciousness. I give thanks for all the experiences that have brought you and I to this moment. Whatever we would call them, good or bad, all of them, have been a gift to move us into a deeper awareness, to bring mastery to our lives. And so I just give thanks, the shift in perception that has allowed me to see things in a new way and to move forward effectively, productively, in love, peace, joy, and freedom. For this I give thanks and invite you to say with me, and so it is. Awesome. Good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's a beautiful day. I, uh, I was listening to Sports Channel the other day, and the guy there said, hey, this will be great this weekend. We get one extra hour of sleep. And uh, I know better, but I thought, hmm, okay. 
great. So just needless to say, I got up a little bit late today thinking I had that extra hour, but uh, I made it. And you did too. How many were going to come to the 10 and you ended up at 1130? There we go. See? <laughs> I just had to be here. So anyway, I want to uh, invite, uh, we have a wonderful youth group here and a, and a beautiful group that f- helps facilitate that with Saskia Bromo Blessing and Sandra Gibbs and David Brown and I'm going to leave somebody out. And um, Sarah, yeah, you see, was in there. And Jesse. So anyway... I want to invite the teens to come forward and share a little bit about their experience last weekend at winter camp. So come on up. So my name is Sandra Gibbs. I'm the lead advisor for the teen group. Last fall, we uh, decided to change things up with teen group. We'd always met Sunday evening, and we decided to make it Sunday morning as part of the whole church experience. And that was a big shift for a lot of us, and our group kind of was dwindling and and by November we were wondering you know what we could do and at our lock-in that we had it was an overnight weekend thing that we had we talked about it and we did a prayer and planted the seeds for uh, the group to grow the roots to be here for attracting the right and perfect teens and for it to just to thrive and as you can see we even have a new person here today so it's just been a wonderful um, demonstration of that uh, affirmation of that prayer and now they're going to tell you about the camp that we were at so my name is Sarah and like Sandra said at winter camp our our teen group definitely did grow and flourish. We had four brand new teens come, which was really incredible. And it was really cool to see how everyone was so open and so loving, even though they'd never met these people, they felt, felt safe enough to share. Um, and the most amazing demonstration of this, I thought, was at our talent show at the end of camp. Everybody, every single teen shared their gifts with us and opened up, and it was really remarkable. I'm Jessie, and this year at winter camp, I was the director of camp, so every year we re-elect someone, and they kind of get up and tell everyone what's going on, and go to workshop planning and all that fun stuff. Um, And for me, this was really exciting, because I realized while we were at camp, my first camp when I was like this, not this big, I was way taller, um, when I was 12, was the first time that we'd ever gone to the camp that we went the two this year and I was like you know what I'm gonna be co-director one day this is gonna be me I'm gonna be up there and it just so happened that the year that I got to be director was we returned to that camp so it kind of for me was kind of like dang this manifestation stuff is legit okay that's cool (laughs) so yeah so it was a really great experience to kind of get to guide the teens and be there for all the new teens and the younger teens and be like wow this is amazing so yeah I'm Saskia, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about what Jesse said and about the whole planning part of the camp. And so we both get to take part in that. And the theme this year was Be Beautiful. And um, I had the privilege to be able to plan that theme and create that theme from so many beautiful things that we could focus on, but that has been the focus this year. And so we created a camp that was all about that, and all the workshops were reflecting your beautiful self. And so one part about just creating the workshops is getting to see them come into fruition and getting to see teens actually experiencing the beautiful work that we're doing. And it's, it's really touching to see how a workshop can change someone's life entirely. And it's just amazing how a few words on, on a piece of paper can, can change someone's life. So. 
Hi, I am Pierre, and this was my second winter camp. And I was actually having trouble uh, with funding for this camp, and I was supported by uh, all these wonderful people up here in the, in the center so that I was able to go to this wonderful camp that it really helps me shape my life and see things in a different way. Hi, my name is Lisa. This will be my sixth winter camp and last. So throughout teen group and throughout this wonderful center, I've learned how much, how supportive we are of like from the community, from our families, from one another, one another. And we just, we embody that support and spread it throughout the world. And this year's theme is was beautiful and being 18 I don't get many chances to do that with life hitting you finally and it's kind of over overwhelming but this winter camp was just my chance to reconnect and be myself again and just reconnect with all these wonderful people and thank you for all the support and we would like to invite any teens out there to come and join us in the solarium. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you, teens. There they go. All right. So it's nice to hear, see our teens and, the, and, uh, and what's happening with them. It's, it's a really nice place for them to connect in a way that's around uh, their own spirituality. And uh, I've been involved with that program at many levels over uh, my years in ministry. And it's always wonderful to watch that uh, transformation and that empowerment that goes on at so many levels. And we are uh, quite blessed to have facilitators like uh, um, Sandra going to make you a reverend for a second, Sandra Gibbs. She does have her own ministry, and, uh, and the young uh, Saskia and, uh, and Sarah. Sarah's the tall one, if, you, if you're wondering who Sarah is, and she's quite lovely, and she works with the tweens, as do a number of our teens as well. So it's beautiful to, to watch that happen. So uh, that, we're all out of time now, so I'll see you all next week. Thanks for coming by. Um, what we wanted to talk about today is, um, and not just talk about, but, but also experiences, is divine energy. And it's a beautiful thing that Michael Singer uh, articulates quite lovely in this, this beautiful book, The Untethered Soul. He's sort of the, the, the blue-collar guy of um, Eckhart Tolle. Tolle's got a whole different modality, but they're very similar in what they have to express, this whole idea of presencing, of centering oneself of the power of now that Tolle talks about. Now, Eckhart's a little bit more, um, he's not everybody's favorite flavor because he's got that little giggle all the time. He'll say something, he giggles. And I've had people come to me and say, you know, I've listened to him and he's giggling all the time. I say, yeah, because he's kind of happy, you know. He's just, and um, he seems to be in his own world. It's quite lovely. I actually, I actually appreciate both of them. But Michael Singer comes at it from a little more, I would say, grounded, practical perspective. Uh, and, and so it's a beautiful thing to, to be alive and to, to listen to this sort of um, articulation of their own spiritual journey. He begins in the, this part around um, experiencing divine energy. He starts talking about the lucid, lucid self. 
And that is an awareness. I know that many of you have had lucid dreams where you're actually aware that you're dreaming, and then you'll find yourself, I've had the experience of dreams where I, I found myself flying, and I knew I was dreaming, and I also knew I was having the experience of flying. And so it's, a, it, it, but it's, so lucid state means that we're, we're in, in an awareness where we're not, we don't slide into conditions and, and lose our sense of self. But for most people, they have never even connected with that deeper sense of self, that higher, that higher uh, wisdom self, that seat of the soul, as Gary Zukov would talk about it. And it's an energetic experience. The, the, um, the Chinese would call it qi. Yeah, the yogas uh, call it uh, shakti. In the West, we call it spirit. The Tao from the, from the uh, Tao Che Ching, another Chinese uh, modality, is also about energy. But the Tao and the Qi and the Gijong and all of those things tie in, it's all energy. And it's different people's experience and how they filter it and how they express it. But at the end of the day, there is a presence that we do not see, that we are immersed in, the smoke of spirit. And that is the, that is the indicator that they're all pointing to. And I think most of us understand that or come to some agreement of it. So this, this lucid state is one where, um, where we, we can narrow our, our um, we have this awareness, but when it narrows, we, we, um, Singer talks about it, he calls it the lost soul as it narrows. And so an example of that is that the lost soul is the consciousness that has dropped into the place where one's human thoughts, emotions, and sensory perceptions of sight, sound, taste, smell are all synchronized. And then the consciousness makes a mistake of focusing on the one spot too closely. So this is, this is some, some good uh, counsel on this because it's, it can be true for most of us. Most of us have gotten lost in the conditions of life. I mean, it's just the, the nature of how we're sort of wired and what we were domesticated into. We were in, um, we were in uh, Orlando a year ago for our, our minister, leadership conference with our organization. And uh, we went to Epcot. And at Epcot, there's a ride called Soaring, S-O-A-R-I-N-G, Soaring. And in Soaring, what they do is there's a long bench, and you get strapped into this long bench with about 20 other people, and they lift you up, and you're about 10, 12 feet in the air, and you're about four feet from this great big high-definition screen. And then they take you on an airplane experience, and because you're so close, you get lost in it. So it captures pretty much all of your senses. In fact... They, they, they blast certain smells as you're going over pine trees. There's pine scent that comes. Probably one of those room fresheners, you know, some kid in the back with a ch uh, Probably not. But, and then, of course, they're going over. One of the neat things was they actually filmed where I had my first uh, ministry was uh, Fillmore, California. And, and it's just acres and acres and acres of orange trees. And so all of a sudden, here's this scene of where I, I did ministry and, and studied. So I spent about 10 years of my life there. Uh, and it's the, it's the orange groves around the church. And it's like, oh, this is so cool, because there's mountains. It's so lovely. We used to drive through a little mountain pass to get to the church. And so, but in it, you have this full sensory experience. You're just immersed in it. And it becomes this, this sort of what happens. It's a great example of being drawn into a small focus uh, and then being captured by it. And of course, in this situation, it's quite lovely because it's orchestrated to, to tap into all the senses. But I mean, the people at Epcor get that. Epcot. Epcor is another thing that I pay the bill every month, but Epcot, <laughs> I always confuse the two. Let's go to Epcor. Yeah, let's go pay some more bills. Yeah, fantastic. But at Epcot, um, you know, they get that. And so it's a wonderful, it's, I mean, I could have done soaring a, a number of times if the line weren't so long. So what happens is, as uh, 
Singer talks about is that we get lost, the soul can get lost. And many times when we're lost, we're lost in the worry and the concerns. And so uh, one of the slides, one of the quotes that begin with today is that Michael Singer says, letting go of fear is not letting go of life. So many times what we do is we get lost. We slip into the conditions of something that has traumatized us and we get lost. We lose ourselves. We lose our perspective. We lose that sense of, of and so to think, well, Jesus, if, I, if I'm no longer scared, what, what will happen to me? And it's really interesting because our true nature is to live in freedom. It's to live in the, in the joy and the understanding of, of, of enough love and enough uh, creativity and enough uh, opportunity, enough joy and, and, and inspiration. Dr. Holmes says in our textbook that our, our true nature is one of freedom. And so what happens, though, is we, you know, something happens in our lives. He does a great example in here of this. You, you have a girlfriend or you have a partner, and all of a sudden, this example of energy, divine energy, we're immersed in divine energy. And I'm going to invite Robin up in a few minutes. We're going to do an experience today because it is a talk on the experience of divine energy. So I can talk about it or we can have it. Right? So would you like to read about that? Would you like to go into with the McDonald's with me and read the menu or do you want to order something and have it to eat? And I know a lot of you love to eat at McDonald's, but uh, anyway, I'm just an example. So let's, let's, have a, let's have a bite today. But in it, he talks about having partners. And so the example energetically, has anybody ever here been dumped in a relationship? All right, I'll talk to you guys over here. But so we get, so we're in this relationship, and, and all of a sudden the partner says, "Eh, eh, no more." It's happened, and and so what happens to our energy? I mean, it's happened to me. Oh, I can't go on anymore, and you don't want to eat, and you don't want to get up and do anything you like to do. You just want to kind of be, you know, you're, you're mourning the death of the relationship. And this can go on for days and weeks and months. But what we've done is we've fallen asleep. We've objectified that one relationship. And this is serious practice. I'm not discounting this because I've been there. And so time goes by and all of a sudden, a week, a month, a couple years go by and all of a sudden the, the, our beloved calls and says, you know what, I've finally come to my senses and you are the most amazing person I've ever met. This is just incredible. I, you know, I can't live without you. Anybody ever had that experience? No hands. Okay, well, anyway, it's, it can happen. It can happen, all right? I'm, I'm not just making this up. But what happens to our energy? All of a sudden, you go over and you spend time with your beloved man. You don't need to sleep. Oh, my gosh, you're on. Holy cow, look at this. You're up all night. You're watching the sun, the sun come up and the sun go down. And you're just in this... this this euphoria and so it's such an example of of energy is always available energy is always available and so when it's not available what happens is is it is it not is it not offering itself to us no we shut it off we close our hearts we close down because it's just who we are it's like oh my god because we become so identified with that condition and that we become objectified and so we do that, and to have an awareness and to have enough practices in our life so that whatever comes up into our, into our experience, we're able to process it more effectively and realize, yeah, you know what, I'm having this experience, and, and it's, it's unfortunate, and I, my heart's broken, and on and on and on, but it doesn't identify me because there's something deep and eternal and powerful and amazing that is at the core of my being and your being and every being that I live and move and have my relationship and live my life from. And that's the journey we're on, to become, to become so fully integrated with that, not just to live out in the conditions of the world, because the conditions of the world are great. They're wonderful things, and we need the contrast to grow and experience. So heartbreak, 
when we've gone through the heartbreak, then it, it creates such a beautiful experience of love and what true love and what and valuable and integral relationship means to us. So it's not, it's not that we live over here in a, susten- a suspended state of animation. So in the lucid self, on the next slide, you are aware that you are the one experiencing both the event and the corresponding thoughts and emotions. And I think that example that Michael Singer gives of relationship is, is a prime example of that. We've had, we're experiencing the event, and also the thoughts and the emotions. But it is possible to be in the thoughts and the emotions. It is possible to be in a state of disappointment and depression and understand and to observe it because what happens is you create a spaciousness so it can lift. So it doesn't become an identified way of being. Oh, I got fired, so I'm never going to have another job. Or my partner dumped me. I'm never going to have another relationship. When in fact, many times as we grow in consciousness, we grow, we, all of a sudden, we find ourselves in a job and we get fired. It just means that we're holding space for someone. We, we got somebody else's job. And our next assignment is awaiting us. And this is the infinite's way of saying, hey, it's time to move on. I mean, isn't that a better way to frame it than, geez, I'm just no good and they fired me? You know, I had that paper rot for 12 years and now they got another guy doing it. What's up with that? I got all the papers to the front door most of the time. But I mean, that's, and that's healthy mindset. That's just understanding. Look, we, are, we got eternity, okay? We have eternity to get this right. And not one thought and not one second to waste. That's the other piece of it. But I mean, doesn't that lighten it up? Oh. I'm getting another shot at this. Ah, so much better. So the more we're willing, the next slide, the more you are willing to let the world be something you're aware of, the more it will let you be who you are. If it's true, if we follow through what all the great avatars have said, you are the light of the world. You know, when they asked the Buddha, are you enlightened? He said, no, I'm awake. In the... um, you know, the, that Parma, uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, uh, the movie Awake, I know a number of you have seen it, and I certainly saw it and enjoyed it. Uh, there's a wonderful book, I've, I've ordered several of them, and someone gifted me a copy of the autobiography of the yogi, which I'm, I'm currently reading and really enjoying. He wrote a book called The Yoga of Jesus and His Perspective. And he talks in this book about how, you know, the years that was, you know, Jesus was lost in the wilderness, you don't know where he was, well, there's quite a bit of evidence written down. He was in the East studying with some of the yogi masters and, this, and, and developing this transcendent state of being and understanding that, that, as he said, we're all the children of God. We're all the sons and daughters of God. And then what happened is it got, it got watered down and it got corrupted. But Yogananda says this, we are all children of God from our inception unto eternity. And differences come from prejudices and prejudice is the child of ignorance. And I would say prejudice is what we do to ourselves when we, when we go unconscious, when, we, when our souls get lost, and we get so trapped in the conditions of the world that we're, we're torturing ourselves. And it's easy to do that. I've certainly done that. That's been part of my spiritual practice. It's one of the reasons that got me onto the spiritual path rather than the religious path. You know, they say that, that uh, religion is for people that, that believe in hell and spirituality is for men and women that have been there. And so spirituality is, it would be my choice because I've been there. Spiritual energy, on the next slide, spiritual energy is what you experience when love rushes into your heart. And true spiritual teachings are about this energy and our opening to it or not. And that's the challenge. And, and so when we're, we're, we fall asleep in the conditions, it's so easy to start blaming and shaming when we realize, well, something's happening in here, here with me. Where, am I shutting, am I closing my heart down or am I opening it? 
And it's a habit. It's a habit. And I've done it myself, you know, to withhold. And, and so what a practice to live in the world with an open heart despite what happens. I mean, that is serious, serious, deep, wonderful practice. And, I'm, you know, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could do that more and more? So I'm not saying that we're going to step into it today and get it handled and then that's it. But it is a growing into it. It's a gradual, sequential embodiment of that so that we, we move out of the prejudice of childhood and understand, okay, that was the way I thought. It says it right in Scripture, in Christian Scripture. You know, as a child, I, I thought as a child and spoke as a child. But, and it's really about a shift in consciousness. So on the next slide, Michael Singer talks about samskara, which is a yogi term from the yogi tradition. And samskara is a stored energy pattern that lies in a state of equilibrium, our resistance to experience that keeps the energy cycling around. So we have an experience that's painful, or we have an experience that is so delightful and amazing, and we want to repeat it, and we become fixated. So what happens is the scope of our consciousness narrows and narrows and narrows, and all of a sudden it's, I've had this one experience, and I'm going to have it again. And you see it many times with, with uh, addicts. People that are addicted to chemicals or, or alcohol, and they want to repeat the experience. I had an experience when I was a young, a number of you know my story, and, and some don't, so I'll, but I'll use this example. When I was a young boy, I wanted to, I wanted to be rich and famous. <laughs> There's a novel idea, huh? But I wanted to be an actor, because I felt all these things, and I was like, it was always, all these things were bubbling up in me, and I was going crazy, and I thought, where can I express all this? And, uh, and so I was involved with sports, and that was great, but I wanted to be an actor. And so I, I got into the acting when I was in high school, and then I did it in university, and then when I got out, I was doing dinner theater, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Anyway, and so, um, but that was my, you know, I wanted to do it. And he, hey, somebody's, you know, hey, my dad's got a barn, let's have a play, you know, and we'd, we'd cast the play and do it. So I did it for years and years and went to Los Angeles. And so I had this goal in mind, and I did this play with Patrick Swayze. Anybody remember Patrick Swayze? Yeah. Yeah, I did a play with him for about a year. Actually, he was there for six months, and, and, and then he went off to do a movie, and I stayed and, and uh, kept doing the play. But through that, I, I signed with a ma- uh, manager and an agent, and I was so excited. But I remember when my, my agent brought me in. And uh, it was a wonderful, very high-level, very prestigious agency, and I did my audition pieces for them, and they'd come and seen me in the play, and they said, well, normally, normally we need time to think about this, but you are so wonderful, we're going to offer you a contract right now. And my heart is just beating through my chest. It was like, oh, my God. And I signed a deal with them, and I, and, and, I, and I got down off the elevator, and I'm heading to my car, and I swear to God, I don't think my feet touched the ground at all. I was so happy. I was so joyful and ecstatic, and I just thought, oh my God, this is a dream come true. And I realized, looking back, that that was what, that, that experience met that expectation that I had. And so it was never, there was no way for me to contain more joy about that. And so the, the consciousness and the longing within me was met in that moment. And so it was interesting because after that, I kept trying to repeat it and hang on to it, and I couldn't get there, despite what I thought. And so, really, it was about a consciousness and my motivation for doing things. And because I got the validation that I was looking for, it was like, at some deep level, it was like, that's enough. But, but the conditioned part of me kept fixating on it, trying to make it what it had been, and trying to find the joy. And then, but the motivation for me and the joy of it had been met. And I thought, you know, I didn't have a deep enough connection with that. 
because it was about so much more. But for me, it was really about, look at me, look at me, look at me. You know, uh, Lawrence Olivier used to say that. Sir Lawrence, they'd say, why do you act? And he would say, look at me, look at me, look at me. And that's what got met in that moment. So once again, we can get, we can get fixated. We can get, we can get hypnotized on that objective uh, sense of who we are by outside conditions. And so there wasn't enough depth and there wasn't enough wisdom within me to realize, you know, this is an opportunity to create. You know, there are a lot of people that, that are wonderful actors that are, are connected to that deep creativity. And not that that wasn't alive, but for me, the need to be seen was so much more important. And once that was met, I realized, wow, you know, it was such a blessing in many ways because what it did, as I say, it awakened me to my, it was my dream, but it wasn't my calling. It wasn't what my, my soul was longing to experience. And the more I did this work within this teaching and found wonderful practitioners and ministers, all of a sudden my drive, that insatiable drive, was dissipating because I was less and less identified with it. And I thought, ah, this is scary because I always knew what I wanted to be. Now what am I going to be? Because all this anxiety and fear and apprehension and need, 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 more, 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 more. I love that song, more, more, more. How do you like it? How do you like it? Let's all sing that right now. More, more, more. No, I'm just kidding. But it's true. I mean, how much is enough? And so I'm just sharing with you from my perspective. You know, I get that many times from people, not so much anymore. People say, Where'd you, where are you from? We came to Edmonton, Southern California. <laughs> what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> it's called answering a call. You know, when the doorway opens and you know to walk through it, you walk through it. Even though I'd made a vow I would never shovel snow again as long as I lived in 1979 on November 11th. <laughs> I was lying to myself. So samskara is this place where we trap energy. And we, and so that's the, that's the yogic tradition for that. And in psychology, we would call it something different. It's, it's the pain body, Eckhart Tolle would say that. In co-creation, we would call it the error belief. It's a misidentification. I know that comes from the personal best stuff. Misidentification of who we are. So we all got it going. Everybody's using a different term, but it's a reality. It's not the truth of who we are. It's just an idea about it. And so we have experiences, and all of a sudden that becomes, you know, we're the, we're the scorned lover. We're the, we're the uh, fired employee. We're the, we're the failure as a, as a Hollywood movie star. That wasn't a failure, man. That was just part of the, that was part of the journey. Next slide. If we protect ourselves perfectly, we will never be free. Because if we won't feel the pain, if we won't let it bubble up, if we don't process it, and what Michael Singer is saying is have enough awareness in our lives when that stuff comes, we can step back from it and go, oh, there we go, there it goes. Because that's part of my experience, that's part of the story of my life, but it's not who I am. And there it goes. But for most of us, like, here it comes, and I'm going to catch all of it. And we take it in and we store it, and go, oh, I failed there, I'll probably fail here. And that's the amazing thing about this opportunity. We have this day and this moment to recreate it. So, I'm going to invite you to have an experience with me. I'm going to invite Robin to come up, and uh, she's going to play a little doodle underneath this. But I want to invite you to have an experience of this. Last week, I showed a video, if you weren't here, uh, or if you were, I just want to remind you. Uh, Eckhart talked about the importance of grounding in our body. And so, you'll notice when we do our prayer work, I'll say, notice your heart, breathe into your heart, notice something. There's a wonderful uh, meditation that I was uh, introduced to a couple weeks back in one of the classes, and it's called Nidra Yoga. It's a short little practice. If you want to download it on, online, it's Loretta Brooks. She's a New York minister. It's called Nidra, N-I-D-R-A, Yoga. And so I'm going to use her meditation 
in this moment, but it is truly a grounding exercise. See, the power is right here. And when we're not in our bodies, we're everywhere. We're all over the map. And so to stand in the, in the divinity of who and what we are and to identify with that deep seat of the soul, that seat of self, that essential self, is such a powerful thing. And we undersell it. We think it's not enough. But when we're standing in that together, life can be so powerful. So I'm going to invite you, if you have anything in your hands, just simply put them down for a moment. Or, and to place both feet on the floor, if you have your legs crossed, just uncross them for a moment because we want to let the energy move in and through and as you. And when you cross your legs and arms, you don't share it. So we're building this vortex, this vortex of unconditional love. This becomes the incubator of love. And so what I invite you to, to notice as we, we close our eyes and go into this is that within each of us, there are seven major chakras, energy centers, energy banks, as it's called by Carolyn Mace. But whatever you call it, they're there. And one is the sixth chakra. It is slightly above the eyebrow, center of the forehead, called the, the third eye. And the other one that I'm going to call your attention to is the second chakra, which is just below the belly button. It is your intuitive core. And so I'm going to invite you in this moment to notice your energy in that second chakra between the eyes, and in the sixth chakra between the eyes, second chakra below the belly button. And connect those two points in your mind's eye. Feel the energy going back and forth. And feel it running through your heart, activating your heart center and opening your heart. Choosing, as Michael Singer says, the practice is to choose to leave our hearts open. And I choose that in this moment, and I invite you and honor you in that same activity, that there is nothing to fear in this moment, that that higher wisdom self is fully alive and aware, guiding, guarding, and protecting each and every one of us. And so that heart chakra opens and continues to expand. And now we move that energy to our right shoulder. See in your mind's eye that energy moving to your right shoulder, blessing it, infusing it with, with whatever energy is appropriate, for it knows. And moving it down into our elbow, moving it to your wrist, the right wrist, the right hand, the right thumb, the tip of that thumb, the first finger, tip of that finger, second finger, tip of that finger, third finger, tip of that finger, fourth finger. And moving it back, all the way back up that arm to the heart chakra, energizing, 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 and moving it to the left shoulder. That right arm fully activated, moving that beautiful energy into the left shoulder, down into the left elbow, the, right, the left forearm, the left wrist, left thumb, tip of the thumb, tip of the first finger, second finger, tip of the third finger, tip of the fourth finger. And moving that beautiful energy, both arms, shoulders activated, back to the heart, and down from the heart to that chakra just below the belly button, that second chakra. Over to the right hip. Down that right thigh into your knee. Calf, ankle, foot. Big toe on the right foot. First toe. Tip of the right first toe. Tip of the second toe. Third toe. Fourth toe. Just breathe. Just breathing. Just allowing your consciousness to follow my voice. Don't make this an effort. Make this a joy. And then bringing that energy back up to that second chakra just below the belly button. Circulating, 
growing and expanding back and forth between the heart and the second chakra, between the, the sixth chakra, between the eyes and back down into the left hip, left knee, the left calf, ankle, foot, left big toe, tip of the first toe, tip of the second toe, tip of the third toe, tip of the fourth toe. Beautifully grounded and knowing that this energy, this, this light energy that we are opened our heart to allow into our experience is bringing healing and life like never before into our physical body that we become a container and a vessel, an incubator of unconditional love of self. Blessing and honoring and activating anything that's in our sanskara, any old ideas, any old wounds, any old joys that we're hanging on to, trying to recreate, and to understand that life is flow, life is energy, life is light. Ye are the light of the world, as a great teacher from Nazareth said. So we stand in that light together this day, and so I know as we open our hearts, we make ourselves more and more available to this divine co-creation that spirit is seeking that divine vessel of expression. That this day, that this moment is a holy moment, a sacred moment. Not based on old religion, but based on what is the truth of our being. One with this infinite divine source of all life. And so what I know in this moment is something powerful and beautiful is having its way by means of us, that we have anchored our energy and our thinking, slowing down our intellect and pouring that energy into our physical being and grounding and anchoring ourselves in the divinity and the truth of who and what we are so that there's a greater experience and a knowing, guiding and leading and directing us in everything we do through our work, through our relationships with loved ones, that this room is so full of love as we sing at the beginning of every service enough love for the entire world so I invite you to send it out and in your mind's eye to anyone and everyone that we bless this planet that we are a center of divine expression divine transformation this healing vibration of love and light and truth fully orbed alive and dynamic here and now as we come together that you and I make up this beautiful tabernacle this new temple this new temple of possibility let us know that our lives, and as we open to this, that the, the opportunities and the freedom and the joy for each and every one of us to experience, to bring the, the awareness into our, our mind's eye, is to look out at the conditions of our lives and realize that is not who we are. We are, we are not the heart. We are, the, we, are the, we are not the experience of the heart. We are the, the, the core of the heart, the energetic of that that flows through us. We are not our, our, our broken hearts or our joyful hearts, but we are the observer of that. And it is a joy. It doesn't mean we don't celebrate it and don't care because we care deeply. We just bring more energy and awareness and clarity to it. And so I just give thanks this day for the opportunity to spend this time with you, to experience divine energy, to know that wherever we go, all it takes is a moment to slow down, to bring our energy, to direct our energy wherever we choose, and, and activating that heart center that wisdom center in the sixth chakra and that intuitive center just below the belly button is such a powerful activity. And then we are aligned fully and prepared to live this life in a way that reflects and expresses freedom, joy, opportunity, and possibility. You and I have this opportunity each and every day. The reward is a permanently opened heart. When we live in love, 
it feeds us and it strengthens us. This is what an open heart feels like, the instrument of the heart as it was meant to be played. So I invite you, and as well as myself, to allow myself to experience every note, every note that my heart can play, that this is the eternal moment, and something beautiful and powerful is available in and through and as each and every one of us, bringing that healing light of love into our experience, shifting our perception powerfully and wonderfully. So in grace and gratitude and appreciation for what this container holds right here and now, I just give thanks. Knowing this and so much more is finding its way to us and that we allow that. We continue to practice keeping our hearts open despite what life looks like. For this, I give thanks. And I invite you to say with me, and so it is. Thank you, Robin. Thank you.